Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch, fastball, pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Let's get going here on Monday. Jordan Alvarez, welcome to the big leagues. A home run in his major league debut. You probably can't pick him up, but there are plenty of players to add. And we welcome you to Fantasy Baseball today. I'm Adam Azer. Scott White is on vacation all week, so Heath Cummings... Is uh well he's always here on Monday, but it's just me and Heath today. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. Hi. I'm just a fill-in. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Scott taking a vacation. I'm sorry that you all have to listen to me talk. Well, I know. I was gonna say it's like it's me and Heath. It could be me and Chris. Me and Heath. Me and Chris. I think Heath and Chris on Friday. So get excited for that. Um, but we'll we'll wish Scott. I'm sure Scott's upset to miss this opportunity to talk about Jordan Alvarez, right? You know he you know he wants to talk about Jordan Alvarez. Yes, of course. And I was surprised. Like I only had Alvarez in one league. Thankfully, it was my AL only league where he's going to make the biggest impact. He was owned in most of my leagues already, but our 14-team points league, he was not. And it's only a three-outfielder league, and it's possible that Alvarez doesn't stick. I mean, they may get everyone healthy in a month, and maybe he goes through a little slump and gets them back down. But I, I just assumed it's not a fab league, and I was 14th in terms of waiver priority yesterday because I'd picked up Malik Smith no, the day before. No, we put in a claim for for him. There's no way. It, wait, it reset. You must have put in a claim for someone else first. He must no. not have been your first priority. There, I, I, if Jamie didn't put in a claim for Alvarez, I'm going to kill him. I was 14th we were 12. and I got him. No way. You must have. It yep. must have reset after you lost... After you went one and one, it must have reset the waivers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna f- get to the bottom of this because if we no, had you higher, can't pro- do anything about it now. If you go in, no, and change you can. This no, I'm not gonna I change it. Him. I'm not gonna change it. I just have to figure out if I'm gonna have to kill Jamie, my partner in the league, or not. Because if he, he said he was gonna put in a claim, and if he didn't put in a claim, and let you get Jordan Alvarez instead of us getting Jordan Alvarez, like, like I am gonna kill Jamie Eisenberg, and the football show is gonna be over because we're gonna be down one, one analyst. Um, so we have to get to the bottom of that, Heath. But congratulations. I just figured you had a better waiver priority than we did because I thought we put in a claim for him. Okay, we'll figure that out. Yes, pick him up. He's 83% owned. But as you mentioned, he there is a chance he's not here forever, but he's also a pretty good start. Uh, yeah, homering in his first plate appearance after just a spectacular start to the season in the minor leagues. And it's not like this is the first year he's ever been good. In 2018, he had a 904 OPS and 379 plate appearances in the minors. So he has a very good profile in terms of plate discipline, in terms of power. He could absolutely be a must-start option in all formats from this point forward. And like it's if he hits well enough, I don't think it matters if everyone on the Astros gets healthy in the next month. If he hits well enough, he's just their DH. And the only thing you won't get from him are steals, but... You know, he he's on base all the time, and uh, yeah, it's it's exciting right now. I wonder what it means for Kyle Tucker. We'll talk about that. I got another prospect to talk about that I just picked up in that same league and uh, got some, some maybe some intel on him, and that we'll get to when we talk about the pitchers we want to add. But let's start with 
hitters we want to add. Jordan Alvarez would probably top the list. But who else? Uh, Jordan, by the way. We were supposed to pronounce it Jordan Alvarez, even though it's spelled with a Y. Who else, uh, Heath? Give me a hitter you'd want to add. This is. I told you I was going to give you a hitter that you were not going to agree with. I hope that I pull it off. But I actually added, and I'm still looking to add in a couple leagues, David Bodie. He has started the last five games for the Cubs. He's got a seven-game week, and three of them are in Colorado. I don't. I think Addison Russell is a little banged up, but I think when Russell gets healthy, Bodie's not going to be starting five games in a row. Well, so, if he just hits better than Russell does, but this week is really all I cared about with Bodie. I think he's going to let you down. Fifteen percent owned. He's probably like. Let's just say hypothetically that he doesn't play. Like, he's probably going to play five games. I don't know. You never know there what they want. There are a lot from. of teams on five-game weeks this week. All right. Well, okay. So he is hitting I have. He is hitting well. And the three games. He's hitting okay. well. He's All got right. three games that right. course. Well, let me see who the most added hitter is because I don't think most people have to go to David Bodie. But I'll tell you another guy that most people don't have to go to that's owned in maybe even fewer. They 17% own Carson Kelly. He started four of the last six games. He's homered in two straight games. He's a Diamondbacks catcher that maybe seems to be getting enough playing time. So if you say you're in deep leagues and we don't give you enough love on this show, well, we just gave you David Bodie and Carson Kelly as hitters to add. Uh, the most added hitter is... I guess it's going to be Cooper. Jay Bruce. Garrett Cooper? Right. Uh, well, Jay Bruce isn't really available, is he? Not anymore. It is Jay, Jay Bruce is now the most added. He's 82% owned. Uh, and then after that, it's a bunch of pitchers, Jordan Alvarez and Garrett Cooper. Garrett Cooper is the most added hitter who's actually available. He's 27% owned. And, yeah, it's it's a pitcher-heavy list right now. But Cooper is 10th on the most added list. Um, I don't know. I'm not super moved to get him. That's why he's 27% I did add him owned. in one league. But, yeah, like, if I'm adding that level of hitter, I'm probably most concerned about what can they do for me this week. Fair enough. Okay, so I, I think we could probably get into that a little bit later. I'll pull up the sleeper hitters article and and see what's what. No, okay, add pitchers. That's the bottom line. Uh, give me one pitcher to add. I'm going to give you two because and it's the two guys that are tied for the most added, and I actually agree with the people this time. Zach Plezak is still just 59% owned. I think that number should be closer to 70 75%. I'm starting him this week in a one-start week, and I'm starting him moving forward until he gives me a reason not to. And then Framber Valdez was very good in his first start. Yes, it was against the Orioles, but he's been good in the major leagues as a pitcher. And now he gets the Blue Jays this week, and he's still just 36% owned. I think that should probably be 55 to 60. Okay, those are good calls. Framber Valdez for the Astros, Zach Plezak for the Indians, and both have good matchups this week with Plezak at Detroit. And as you mentioned, Valdez against the Blue Jays. The sleeper hitters, by the way, uh, Clint Frazier, just guys you could pick up. Avi Garcia, um, Christian Walker, Yandy Diaz, Clint Frazier. Check out the w- article on the website on cbssports.com slash fantasy. Here's a pitcher doing the Sunday show yesterday, the video show Fantasy Baseball Today on CBS Sports HQ. We have some really great insight. Heath comes on for an hour, but also Jim Bowden, former GM, who's now got a show on Sirius, and he's a CBS contributor, and he knows his stuff. He's very plugged in. He thinks Brendan McKay is coming up soon for the Tampa Bay Rays. McKay is a two-way player, a hitter, and a pitcher, but he's been much better as a pitcher, and he's been amazing as a pitcher in the minors. I think he was the fourth overall pick in the draft a couple years ago. So Brendan McKay I just added in two leagues 
in Yahoo, he's only a first baseman. So I'm guess I I don't know what's up with that, but yeah, Brendan McKay, you might want to speculate on him. And then uh, you didn't. That's, men- that's why you didn't get Jordan Alvarez because you picked up Brendan McKay instead. No, I picked him up when waivers were off, though. <laughs> um, uh, Heath, what was I going to say? Uh, Nick Pavetta. Sorry, Nick Pavetta, sixty-nine percent owned at Atlanta this weekend. I'm surprised that he's not like eighty-something percent owned, Pavetta. I mean. There were obviously a lot of us that were telling people at the beginning of the season that he was going to be better than he was last year. But if you were just someone going to look at the waiver wire and you see that Nick Pavetta had a very good start and you look and see that he has a 4.93 ERA this year and he's thrown 335 innings and has a 5.29 ERA, you might be skeptical as whether that one or two good starts really matters. Well, this is what was said uh, after his great start over the weekend a complete game allowing one run against the Reds on Saturday, only six strikeouts. But we know he's going to give you strikeouts. Uh, Gabe Kapler said he pounded the zone, forced the opposition to put the ball in play. His curve is sharper. He's more aggressive, assertive with his fastball. He's more determined and more focused. Reese Hoskins said there's an uptick in his tempo that helps him, helps us behind him. There's less thought, less second guessing. He's not getting in his head in his own way. His stuff is electric. So he's assertive not getting in his own way. Maybe there's a mental block for Nick Pavetta. Either way, I'm willing to gamble on it. And if he were available yeah. in any of my leagues, I 100% would pick him up. My question for you is, would you pick up Pavetta over Framber Valdez, Zach Plezak, guys you mentioned? I would pick him up over Framber. I don't think I'd pick him up over Plezak. They're both right in the same range, and it's kind of a borderline top 50 right now. But there's, I mean, there are 50 starting pitchers that are, that are definitely worth owning. So they're right on that edge. All right, well, one start streamers. Get to that in a second. Just want to promote a couple things. Haven't read a lot of emails lately on the show. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com going to do a mailbag show on Tuesday. So I think we have nine games on the schedule today. We should have some time to read your emails. Like we have a great email in our inbox. Is Whit Merrifield ever going to steal another base? So we'll read that email. Um, yes. He probably will, yeah. And CBS Sports HQ, I really hope you've been watching this show. We're having a lot of fun. It's a really great show. It's Sundays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. It's not just fantasy baseball. It's really good baseball insight from Jim Bowden, as I mentioned. David Sampson, the former president of the Marlins, um, he said some interesting things about Derek Dietrich yesterday and about his mental fortitude. I was kind of shocked. And uh, David Sampson's always got great stuff like that. Will Middlebrooks, former World Series champion for the Red Sox, uh, it's good stuff, and it's a lot of fantasy talk as well. So download the CBS app and watch HQ. It is totally free. All right, so One Star Streamers kind of stole my thunder a little bit because Nick Pavetta and Zach Plezak are among them. Uh, Pablo Lopez, Heath, would you trust him? He's pitching really well. Three of his last four starts have been awesome, and he's 43% owned. He doesn't even have to be just a One Star Streamer, but he's got the Pirates this week, Pablo Lopez. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely under-owned at 43%. And he, even when he was pitching bad, we talked a lot about how there were signs there with the strikeout-to-walk ratio and with the stuff where we thought he was actually a better pitcher. He started to show that a little bit lately. I think he should be owned in at least two-thirds of leagues, and I'd have no problem starting him in one start against Pittsburgh. One thing I'm struggling with, I've got him in a league, maybe two leagues, where I have you, Darvish. And Darvish is a two-start pitcher, but one of those is at Colorado. And I'm actually considering starting Lopez, but I'll probably stick with Darvish. Yeah, Darvish is a two-star pitcher. The other one is at the Dodgers. So I really don't want to start him. And I'm 100% sitting 
Darvish in my Roto League. In my points league, like I just this morning put John Duplantier in, a two-star pitcher at Philadelphia and at Washington, presumably a two-star pitcher. I'm putting him in over you, Darvish. I don't yeah, want, like, I, I have no, I, I don't want to start Darvish. At Colorado, I, I understand that. I in the I don't have the uh, option to put Duplantier in. I'm not certain if I would or not. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. Here's another guy that I might start over you, Darvish. Michael Pineda, one start against Seattle. Michael Pineda's given uh, up. I know, but like it's this is a lot about Darvish. But also, if you just give me a second, I'll find my Pineda note. He's given up like two or three runs in, in like six straight starts. He was very good before he went on the injured list. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, he's been yeah. back for one start against the Tigers, and he went five innings, gave up three runs, and struck out three batters. Five, okay, I would yeah. like yeah, go ahead. I'd like to see a little more. I guess he, no, he's been back. No, that's, that's right. Isn't that's it? it. Just one. I'm pretty sure. He's he's a uh, maybe two. He's allowed exactly three three earned runs in six straight starts. Going five six. <laughs> that's a good. That, that's something. <laughs> going five six seven six six and five innings in those starts, so you're probably gonna get like a four four to five ERA. But he doesn't walk anyone, so the whip could be good. And he plays for the Twins, so he might get some wins. He might get a win against Seattle. Um, I I could not do that in a points league. Agreed. Agreed. No, this is a roto. This is a roto lineup. Uh, all right. So you got some names there that you might want to consider. Pineda would probably be at the bottom of the list, but. Pablo Lopez, uh, better than that would be Zach Plezak, Framber Valdez, Nick Pavetta. And then how about these guys? Danny Duffy, 31% owned at Detroit, and Ryan Yarbrough, 20% owned, and he gets the Angels this week. I would put both those guys right in the Michael Pineda range. Um, They are, for me at least, more desperation starts than guys that I want to start. I would have... I would not start them over you, Darvish, because all three of them, I, I would not be surprised if they went three and a third and gave up four runs. Even Yarbrough? Like, what's that? Even Yarbrough. Even Yarbrough. Yeah. I, when Yarbrough's been really good, and they're like, he's had some great stretches. When he's been really good, it's almost always looked lucky. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. All right. He's 20% on. I actually think he's a pretty. Interesting time right now. I, there are a lot of guys that I want to pick up. Plezak being 42% owned. Pavetta being 69% owned. Lopez being 43% owned. Lopez scares me a little bit because he's had so many horrible starts. Uh, and he pitches for the Marlins. But, I mean, it's so hard to find pitching. And I actually feel like there might be some pitching out there. Especially if Brendan McKay comes up. Nobody, he's on nobody's radar right now. Maybe maybe we gave you a scoop. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, like, we like, might have. And got, one more hitter we missed that yeah. I think you should pick up is Ramon Laureano. Oh, yeah, you're all about him. He does have the longest on-base streak in baseball right now. Active. Not in history, but active. Pretty sure about that. All right, Ramon Laureano, get you some steals. We're going to take a break here. Let's talk about Kyle Tucker when we come back. Does this Alvarez call-up mean anything for Tucker? Um, we got some injury notes on D. Gordon, on Buster Posey, on Scooter Jeanette. So we'll come back right off after this on Fantasy Baseball Today. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. 
With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mlbpodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mlbpodcast to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash mlbpodcast. Your news and notes on this Monday morning. All right, Heath. Uh, so Alvarez is up. Do you think that means Kyle Tucker is not coming up? Alvarez is going to play a little bit of outfield, but I imagine he'll mostly DH. What do you think it means for Tucker? Yeah, I mean, Tucker's in a weird spot. He got off to a slow start. The only time we've seen him in the major leagues, he was pretty dreadful. And they, even with the injuries, still have enough outfielders right now. So I I still think he's a fine stash, but I feel less certain than I did that we were, we are going to see him in the majors anytime soon. Miles Michaelis left after being hit by a pitch on the arm. I haven't seen anything to indicate that Michaelis um, is not going to He threw a bullpen. Okay. And said he expects to make his next start. The ball that hit him was at 99.8 miles per hour and hit him in the arm, and he said it would take at least 100 miles to knock him out. <laughs> That's pretty good. Caleb Smith is on the IL but not expected to miss much time. D. Gordon could be back. Uh, I think he's actually going to be back on Tuesday. Yeah, D. Gordon back on Tuesday. Uh, Buster Posey could be back on Wednesday. Dwight Smith Jr. is on the concussion IL. Baltimore called up Anthony Santander. Scooter Jeanette could begin a rehab assignment this week. Scooter Jeanette is 79% owned if you need a second baseman. He could be your knight in shining armor. Yankees news. Masahiro Tanaka will start today. He had a start pushed back from Sunday to Monday due to the birth of his child. CeCe Zabathia tweaked his knee. I think he's going to make his next start. And Domingo Armand is on the IL with a hip injury. Uh, probably still going to go uh, with bullpen days to replace him while he's out. But the Yankees have been talking to the Blue Jays about Marcus Stroman. They're interested in Madison Bumgarner. This is according to the New York Post. As far as this Armand injury goes, Armand said, Heath, that the, the hip had been bothering him since the Kansas City start. That was three starts ago. Those have been his three bad starts. So I actually was encouraged. You know, I hope it's not a long thing, but encouraged by this news because it gives us a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, and I never really moved him down because of the bad starts. I'd not gotten him. Like, when I moved him up, I didn't move him up quite as high as I moved up. Caleb Smith, Chris Paddock, guys like that. He was in my 30s instead of the uh, borderline ace territory. I think he's going to be a fine number three starter once he's back and healthy. Hopefully it's soon. That's Domingo Armand. Mitch Moreland's on the IL with a quad strain. He can't catch a break right now, and it's probably going to keep Michael Chavis in the lineup Chavis has been really bad, but he'll probably play some first base. Justin Turner playing through a hamstring injury. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Robinson Cano is back on the IL with quad tightness. That helps Dominic Smith, who we'll talk about later. And J.D. Martinez remained out with a back issue. Starter sit, J.D. Martinez. I'm going to say start, Heath. I I think he should be back. They're talking like he's going to be back soon. Uh, But then again, he, he wasn't supposed to miss this much time to begin with with the back. And they are a seven-game team this week, I think. So even if he misses a game or two, you would start J.D. Martinez with five games. I think I'd start him. Okay, yeah, seven, four against Texas, three at Baltimore. Texas playing some good baseball. Adam Wainwright left with hamstring tightness, and Mike Schilt said it was likely that Wainwright could miss one start. 
Judging by the quotes, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed more starts. And I don't even know if this matters for with Wainwright, but it can't hurt Alex Reyes's chances of making a start soon. Just if he can get yeah, back it's on just track. whether Alex Reyes can throw like more than twenty five pitches without injuring some part of his body. Yeah, and Reyes was bad last time out in the minors, but that's another and, guy to keep an and eye like on. hurt a finger or something, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Probably. Chris Bryant hurt his ankle but stayed in the game, and Nick Ahmed is day-to-day. And a few teams are making history, or players. The Nationals hit a home run in four consecutive at-bats yesterday in the eighth inning at San Diego. They are the first team in baseball history to accomplish that feat twice. Edwin Encarnacion has hit 400 career home runs. Heath, who are the only other active players that hit 400 career home runs? Let's see. Old guys... Albert Pujols. Do you know the answer, or are you? And Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> Did you know that because I put it in the Did notes? I get it right? You got it right. Yes. Yeah, you cheated. Uh, Thanks. Craig Council might be called for jury duty. That's got to be historic. I don't know if that's ever happened. Uh, Mike Moustakis hit a home run and won a car for a fan. That's got to be historic. I don't know if that's ever happened. And yesterday was the day that Madison Bumgarner officially became the oldest grouchiest player in baseball. Congratulations, Madison Bumgarner, for getting mad at a very mild bat flip and slow trot to first base by Max Muncy. I loved, I loved Muncy's response. So go get it out of the ocean then. <laughs> yes. And I kind of like Bumgarner's response too. He's like, we want to let all these kids be themselves. You got to let me be myself too. And Chris made a good sure. point. Chris was like, I'm all right with him saying that as long as he's not throwing baseballs at people, which is true. Yeah, he fine. can yell all he wants. Yeah, he could be grouchy, but he's grouchy. But I love him. I love him. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the most added list now. We looked at some of the most added list, but we'll dive a little deeper in here. We didn't really talk about any of the pitchers on it. Okay, so I know Jay Bruce is the number one hitter. Oh, there we go. Thank you, video team, for pulling out the most added list for me. Framber Valdez and Zach Plezak are two and three. That means we did a good job with our hitters and pitchers to add. Uh, Peter Lambert. No. Heath, nope, no. Nope. Two starts at cores. Like, everybody's got Peter Lambert. It's a mistake, right? Um, this reminds me a little bit of the Devin Smeltzer thing, mm-hmm. except that Lambert also pitches for the Rockies, <laughs> which is even worse. <laughs> Uh, I would not do this. And it's possible that it'll work for one week, but I would not do this. Right. He does have two starts this week, right? They're both at home. Let's, let's I am not check. sure about that. Come on, Heath. He does. They are against the Cubs and the Padres. So, no. No, thank you. Uh, Peter Lambert, we're going to pass on. Dakota Hudson, actually pitching pretty well, and I do think he has two starts this week. This one he I'm, is a two-star okay pitcher. With. He's probably one of my least favorites in terms of guys that are owned in that percentage of leagues. I I don't actually think he's good. He has gotten some good results recently. Uh, I think he was mostly lucky. At Miami and at the Mets for Dakota Hudson. That, that helps. It does but, help. But the Marlins aren't quite as bad as they used to be. It's kind of mad I saw Heath pick up Anibal Sanchez in a league because now I feel like, well, I'm not going to root against Anibal Sanchez as I have him in a league. But I just like it bothers me because I should have I should have done it. I should have picked I was the one talking about Anibal Sanchez. I was Here's the one the hyping thing. him up. And then you like, took You him. don't want me to criticize the things that you say about when you actually give fantasy baseball takes. Right. And you don't want me to follow what you say <laughs> and go pick up the person. How do you want me to respond to things when you contribute? If I talk about a player, just don't do anything with that player. 
Can you do or that? Or say for anything me? about them? It, no. If you want to agree, then yeah, sure. Say whatever you want. But agree, but don't add. I think so. I think yeah, that's a good agree, but don't add. There's got to be like an acronym there. We'll figure okay. that out. Thank you. Yeah, but Adam Sanchez is at the White Sox and home against Arizona and doing some interesting things. And he's 49% owned. It's a two-star week. But if he has a good start, like I wouldn't necessarily just drop him. I wouldn't pitch and ditch him. Be a little patient, maybe. Hey, Heath, who do you like best between these three? Dakota Hudson, Anibal Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara. Oh, definitely Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> he was so good last year, and the whole year he just kept being good. And now uh, they've been talking about how he's doing, pitching like he did last year. So I, I think he might be good again. Wow, you do listen. But, it, but if you were giving a real answer... Hudson, Sanchez, or Alcantara? Um, I think Alcantara still has the most upside, but I'll say Sanchez for now. All right, let's talk about the next guy on this list, Adrian Sampson. He's now 30% owned. He's up from 16% owned. Complete game, one run, seven strikeouts against Oakland on Saturday with 13 swinging strikes on 109 pitches, which is all right. Uh, his previous start was seven innings of one-run ball and 11 strikeouts against the Royals. Last five appearances for Adrian Sampson, two of them are starts, but unbelievable numbers. This is a Rangers pitcher, 5-0, and 199 ERA, three walks, 30 strikeouts, and 31 and two-thirds, 12% swinging strike rates, a lot of fly balls. What scares me a little bit about Adrian Sampson is that he's at Boston this week, but are we seeing uh, something big here with Adrian Sampson? Yeah, I mean, he really looks like the type of pitcher that should be bad in his home park and might be okay on the road because he is a lot of fly balls. He throws a ton of strikes but doesn't really miss very many bats. You would think that would be a bad thing in a ballpark like his or in Fenway, but so far he's been, like, his last four really good starts have all been at home. I'm skeptical. I would not want to start him against the Red Sox at Fenway but I do like he's a fine guy to add if you're in a deeper league and just want to see what uh, what happens. Samson has been missing more bats lately, though. Twelve percent swinging strike rate in his last five appearances. For what that's worth, but overall, fifty-three strikeouts and sixty-seven and two-thirds. Yeah, he's a name that kept popping up, and I'm glad we got to Adrian Samson. So you'd rather have Alcantara? I'd still rather have Alcantara. Yes. All right. I mean, talk about a guy who doesn't miss a lot of bats, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But one thing we can agree on is we definitely want Peter Lambert. We definitely want any of these guys over Peter Lambert. Samson. Oh, I, I think I might even take Samson over Hudson. Oh, okay. And then there's Garrett Cooper and John Duplantier. Do you see staying power with these guys or are these short-term plays? Garrett Cooper, the outfielder for the Marlins. I think first base eligible and Jared and John Duplantier with the fact that Cooper has first base and outfield eligibility. I do think there's probably a place for him in most leagues that have a corner infielder and five outfielders and a utility. Like, I think that's the type of league where you're adding him and he's not owned in all of those by any stretch of the imagination. So there's probably a still a few leagues that he needs to be had. I, I would just want to see more from Duplantier. I, I don't really know yet. Elias Diaz is on the most added list. He's a Pittsburgh catcher. Actually, there there are some pretty interesting catcher developments. Diaz, Roberto Perez is on fire for the Indians. I see Pedro Severino for Baltimore is on the most added list. I was not aware that he had been doing anything. Oh, well, he had that three-homer game. Three-dong night, yeah. 
Three Dog Night. <laughs> nice. Um, I mentioned Carson Kelly. Tom Murphy, I think I'm going to avoid. I don't think there's enough playing time there. But do any of these like 20% owned catchers do anything for you? I think Diaz is the most interesting. Even over Kelly? Even over Kelly? Even even over Kelly. Um, but Kelly's right there. I think those two. I don't know that we're... like. I haven't seen any updates recently on Francisco Cervelli, but I'm not sure we're going to see him again. He's had a history of these types of injuries. He's in the concussion protocol. They said they're going to take it very, very slow with him. And we saw last year Diaz was an above-average hitter for a catcher. So far this year, he's not been quite as good, but he's had a little bit of what looks like it might be bad luck. He does not strike out. Uh, I'd go Diaz, then Kelly. I think I'll just mention uh, two more players on the most added list. One guy that I feel like we didn't do enough. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a two-star pitcher. I don't remember talking about him on Friday. Um, I think we did briefly. John Means. John Means has been pretty decent lately, and he's got the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. It's not great matchups, but he's 55% owned. He's RP eligible. I was going to pick him up. Like John Means is having a good year. You know what I mean? I I tried to talk about John Means, and Scott shut me down. Oh, really? Is that what happened? Scott is not a John Means believer. Um, yeah, I I think... What did you say his ownership was? He's now 55%. That's probably like he definitely needs to be owned in all points leagues because he's a spark. He's a two-start pitcher that has had some success so far this year. Again, he's another guy that doesn't miss a lot of bats, and he's probably he's definitely not a sub three ERA guy. I don't think he's probably a sub four ERA guy, but he does look like he could be a low four ERA guy with a decent number of innings and spark eligibility. Last guy on the most added list that I want to talk about right now is Colin Moran. Colin Moran is a Pirates third baseman who kind of ran away with the job when Jung Ho Gong was back. Gong returned from the I.O. yesterday. He started at shortstop, and he homered. But I think Moran was still in the lineup. Is this a platoon, or is Moran an everyday player to you? I think Moran has to keep hitting. The interesting thing will be against lefties, because I think against righties there's no question he should be in, which will make him worthwhile in more leagues than we thought he was going to be to start the year. But I do think he's going to have to keep hitting. Okay. So, Moran, let me just check the matchups this week. He's 20% on. Like, I, I don't have him in any leagues. I think maybe our 16-team league is the only one I consider him in. But, again, we want to help the uh, deep leaguers out. Oh, he's got seven righties this week. Because uh, I remember remember I gave that bold prediction about Gregory Polanco on the video show yesterday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was that was about... not a prediction or bold. <laughs> yeah, but it was nothing. Yes. I but do remember. It was about the seven righties on the schedule. Gosman, Fultonevich, Soroka, Tehran, Richards, Lopez, and Alcantara. Not the Start easiest, him. but not hard. Um, there, There is definitely a good starting pitcher in that group. There might be two. But how many bad starting pitchers are in that group? So far this season? Gosman, We're going to say Tehran's not bad because he's... But yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosman and Fultonevich what, what's are up, obviously bad. What's up with Tarad? How you feeling about Tarad? Uh, it it makes me so mad. <laughs> I get lots of tweets about it. He's terrible. Like I know he's having a good stretch, and we Jason Vargas had a year one year where he won a lot of games and had a low ERA, and nobody thought he was good. Julio Tehran's still not good. Yeah, but Julio Tehran, I was because I was looking at his numbers. Like he's basically a sub four ERA just about every year and makes thirty starts. He's he's good. 
at least say he's good in real life and not in fan if not in fantasy. Um. Well, okay. 2017, he had a 4.49 ERA. That was his last year. He had a 3.94 ERA. Yeah. So, like the no, last no, no. Three and, and, years, and go behind, go before that. The 2017 okay, was his worst year. And a 3.21. 2017 was his only season with an ERA that was like well above four. Julio Tehran is a moving the, the goalpost. Julio, well, Julio Tehran is a very useful real life pitcher. He he throws 30 starts a year with a four-ish ERA. Sure. Good for him. He's very, very Yeah, my my point was that Julio Tehran was not the same pitcher that he was five years ago. The environment was not the same, and he was not going to be useful this year for fantasy. So far, he's been very, very good in terms of results. He has an 80% strand rate, a 238 BABIP against, and maybe he will never have an ERA that matches his 483 Sierra, which is one of the worst in baseball. In all seriousness, you should sell high on Julio Tehran because his ownership has always been high. So people do buy in. And you should definitely listen to what he says and sell high on Julio Tehran. All right, when we come back, I'm going to tell Heath why hockey is better than basketball. That's after this break. Plus hitters and uh, Brian Dozier and Joey Votto and so much other stuff to talk about here. Bullpen updates after this break on Fantasy Baseball today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles... Chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today. Heath, Yeah, I have a homework assignment for you. You have to, have to watch Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, what do you mean? It, I am having the best time watching hockey. It is amazing. It is the best sport in America. I, I feel crazy for not knowing this. I wish I had you a You know team what's funny? My, my neighbor, um, knows that we're from Kansas City and he always, and he knows we're Celtics fans. So he always has something to say about the Royals or the Chiefs or the Celtics <laughs> whenever I see, pass him walking <laughs> through. And he says to me, as I'm walking, get out of my car a couple of days ago, just need one more. And I look at him and I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and we hold this like five to 10 minute conversation where I don't ever admit that I don't know what he's talking about and just try to play it off so I can get inside and not talk to him anymore. Why? You don't like him? No, I like him a lot, but it was an uncomfortable situation because I didn't know what he was talking about and I didn't want to extend the situation by explaining it. And it finally hit me when I got inside that he thought because we were from Kansas City, we would be cheering for the Blues who I presume only need to win one more game to win their their playoffs. Well, yeah, but now this, now the Bruins also just need to win one more game because they just forced Game 7, which is so going to be back in Boston. Maybe, okay, maybe he thought I was a Bruins fan no, but I like the Celtics. No, because the, so the game was last night. So it was 3-2. It was when did he say this to you? 
Uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, it was 3-2 St. Louis. But that is interesting. Based on your stupid affiliations of everything Kansas City except your bandwagon Celtics fandom, uh, he could have thought you were either a Bruins or Blues fan. But the point is... But the Blues are not anywhere close to Kansas City. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's in the Midwest. There aren't that many Midwestern hockey teams like represent, you know? Uh, plus, you love, uh, you love St. Louis sports, right? Cardinals, go Cardinals. Uh, the point is, hockey is amazing. It is super fun. Everybody has to watch Game 7. Everybody get on board. And next year, I am going to get back into the Panthers, the Florida Panthers, because I need hockey in my life. I might even have to get the hockey package on TV. Like That's how great hockey is. Okay. Uh, catchers. So... Yeah, I think we kind of covered this. Well, let's talk about other hitters. Just just to let you know, Tom Murphy has started three of the last five games. He has four homers in his last three games, five homers in his last six games. Seven homers this year are a career high for Tom Murphy. Tom Murphy is on Seattle. This is mostly relevant for Omar Narvaez owners because Narvaez, you look at his splits, he's much better against righties. And if Murphy cuts into his playing time, it's going to be very annoying. Carson Kelly I've mentioned 17 times today. Roberto Perez... Uh, homered in four straight games going into Sunday. Uh, he had a, a pretty decent May. I don't know. These are, yeah. Personally, I think Kelly's the only one, and, and Heath said Elias Diaz, too. That could really be big impact guys, Like, but they're, but they're catchers. Okay, next segment of hitters, Heath. Deep League Dudes. Dominic Smith and Todd Frazier for the Mets. Jacoby Jones for the Tigers. Widely available players. Uh, Jacoby Jones entering Sunday, his last 22 games, he had a 366 batting average with six home runs and four steals. That's an 1127 OPS with four steals in 22 games. It's really good. He was terrible before that. Dominic Smith is the one I like the most. Todd Frazier's been red hot, batting 333 with four homers and 978 OPS in his last uh, 20 games. Anything to say about these deep league dudes? I don't like Dominic Smith as much as you do, but he is definitely, to me, the most appealing of this group. And as long as Mets keep getting injured, which is generally a good thing to bet on, as long as Dominic Smith's not the one that get injured, then uh, I think he'll be somewhat productive, especially in NL only. Yeah, he has enough righties on the schedule this week where I'm probably going to start him in a five-outfielder league, and he's 8% owned. Uh, how about this segment called Old Guys on the Rise? With a question mark. Brian Dozier, in his last 28 days, he is a top 12 second baseman. 12th in points, 10th in roto. 288 batting average with five home runs, six doubles in those 28 days. Six walks to 16 strikeouts, no steals. He doesn't run anymore. But some encouraging signs for Dozier. Joey Votto's reached base safely in 23 of his last four, 24 games. 23 of his last 24 You're games. Batting- welcome, Joey Votto owners. <laughs> but he's not hitting for any power. He's batting 404 in his last 10 games. Uh, Jay Bruce is 81% owned. He's batted sixth in all five games for the Phillies, and he has six games this week, only one against the lefty. He'll probably sit. We shall see. And Nelson Cruz is not necessarily on the rise, but he is just staying what he's been the last, like, five years. Nelson Cruz is homeward in four straight games. But do you have anything to say about Dozier or Votto in particular? Um... I, I'm more interested in Votto still than I am in Dozier. I mean, Dozier's position eligibility definitely makes it, like, especially as a middle infielder, you probably need him. But I I don't know that I buy into what has really been just an okay last 28 days. Would you rather have Dozier or Scooter Jeanette? Scooter. Dozier or Didi? Dozier. Why? 
Um, I'm concerned. I, I have more concerns about Didi than I do Scooter. Dozier or Biggio? Biggio. Dozier or Nicky Lopez? Dozier. Okay. Um, and then two other guys who didn't fit into previous hitting categories. Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella had a stretch of 18 games with three extra base hits. And now he has homered three times in his last five games. I'm starting to get really annoyed. And Kyle Schwarber is 64% owned. He had another big week. And uh, he has started 23 games as a leadoff hitter. And over his last 28 days, Kyle Schwarber is 6th in points and 11th in roto at outfield. And he's still available in 36% of CBS leagues. Uh, uh, yeah. One other hitters thing that we need to touch on that doesn't have to do with what happened last week, but has to do with the decision that owners have to make this week. What do you do with your left-handed Rockies? Oh. Because they have seven games at home, which is normally like, hooray, I get to start all my Rockies and I'm going to crush my opponents because I have Rockies. They face at least four lefties. I think they're facing five lefties. I think you, Darvish, and Chris Paddock may be the only right-handed pitchers the Rockies see this week. And David Dahl, from what I remember, I'll look it up now, has either better numbers or just as good against lefties. And he's been so hot that I think I'm going to ride with him. You I ha- don't think you can sit David Dahl. You can't sit Charlie Blackman. So I think you definitely but, sit Daniel Murphy. And McMahon. And McMahon. Which means if you're in a deep league, Brendan Rodgers might be sneaky this week. He better get something going this week. Yeah, I don't know that Brendan Rodgers can hit anyone. Yeah, it's a shame. It so might... I, I'm going to start Dozier like over Rodgers. In a really deep league, Mark Reynolds might be sneaky. Mm. Uh, David Dahl does have very comparable numbers against lefties and righties. Not a lot of power against lefties, but he's batting 352 with a 519 slugging this year. In 54 at-bats. So the other guy is Shohei Otani. I'm going to sit Shohei Otani. He, I think he has three lefties on the schedule this week. And he homered off a lefty this weekend, but it was Yusei Kikuchi, who everybody homers off of lately. So Otani has three lefties this week, plus Kenta Maeda and Charlie Morton uh, as two of the righties he'll be facing. I will be sitting Shohei Otani. And there you go. And could be a tough week, actually, for Tommy LaStella because he kind of beats up on righties, I think. But he's just been so good. It's, it's annoying. Heath, bullpen stuff. Blake Parker got a save on Friday, but you still like Taylor Rogers in that bullpen, right? Correct. Pedro Strope got two saves over the weekend, and it's just a reminder that Craig Kimbrell's not there yet. So short-term, there's no reason you shouldn't be thinking about using Pedro Strope. Uh, Luke Jackson blew a save. I don't know that anyone's taken that job from him. What do you think? I, I, it would be... I wouldn't think so, but like he's got to be getting close to the league lead in uh, blown saves, doesn't he? He's got five, <laughs> so yes. That's... Considering that he wasn't even the closer for the first month of the season, that's quite a lot. The, the overall numbers are still decent. 309 ERA is not great for a reliever, but it's not terrible. 122 whip is really not that good for a reliever. But <laughs> but nine walks to 48 strikeouts in 32 innings are encouraging. I, I think if Luke Jackson loses his closer's role, it's probably to somebody who's not on the team right now. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, like... I don't know what the Braves will be willing to give up for a closer. They wouldn't give up a normal salary for a great one. So, Yeah. Uh, Jose LeClerc uh, had a rough weekend. Chris Woodward said that he was in close to getting the job back, but I don't know if that's still true after these last two appearances. Uh, and then Ian Kennedy 
The Royals don't win often, but Ian Kennedy has four walks of 32 strikeouts and 25 and two-thirds, and he has the last three saves for Kansas City, which spans like nearly six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) May 1st, May 30th, and June 7th. Uh, the last three saves for Kansas City, but Ian Kennedy is eight percent owned. All right, that brings us to the starting pitchers from over the weekend. Uh, all right. I never know if we should talk about the studs being studs because they are studs after all. We know they're studs, but let's talk about them briefly, and then we'll get into the guys that our owners might actually be able to pick up. Jacob Degrom, yeah, he's been really good, and he had another great start with ten strikeouts and in six innings against the Rockies. Walker Bueller's on fire. He has a .98 whip this year and zero or one earned run in five of his last six starts for Walker Bueller. Noah Syndergaard had a really good start against Colorado on Sunday. David Price continues to be great. Doesn't pitch that deep into games. Only one start all year of more than six and a third, but he's got an ERA of 270 right now and 69 strikeouts and 60 innings for Price. And I, I think I might... Try to sell Kyle Hendricks as a guy who is going to be good, but not this good. And I think I would. I mean, I I understand it's a risk, but I would do Hendricks for Bauer. I would absolutely do Hendricks for Bauer, and I would even I would accept a little bit lower than that. I mean, somebody that had a bad start over the weekend was Shane Bieber yesterday. Gave up five runs in like the first two innings against the Yankees. I'd rather have Bieber than Hendricks still. Bieber's ERA is over four. Are we missing something here? Because I still think he's struggling well, was, against lefties. What's that? I still think he's struggling against lefties. I don't. Think I have not that. looked at what his numbers are against lefties. Well, why don't you talk about your overall thoughts on Bieber, and I will pull up his splits. He's had a little bit of trouble with home runs. He has, for the most part, done a better job of staying out of the middle of the strike zone, but that's still a problem for him sometimes. He's just a guy that was so used to pounding the strike zone at a high rate, and I think it's taken a little bit of time to transition, but for the most part, yes, he has a 407 ERA now. He's got a 340 Sierra. I think he's going to be closer to the 340 than the 407. Lefties are hitting 248. With a 512 slugging percentage, that's an 824 OPS against Bieber. And a C- righties have a 651 OPS against Bieber. What was his ERA in Sierra last year? Um, It was definitely similar. His ERA was higher. His Sierra was similar. What do you, His Sierra was similar to his ERA or is similar to this year? Similar to what it is now. Right, so that's what I'm saying, like... Are these struggles against lefties? Because it's he had a, he, what did I say? Eight forty one OPS lefties have, and last year was nine oh nine. Could that be something? But he has been a better pitcher. I mean, he's striking out thirty percent this year. He struck out twenty four percent last year. But could that be something that would make an ERA higher than a Sierra? That's a question. I don't think the lefties thing could. What what really has been so far has been the fact that last year he had a twelve percent home run to fly ball rate, which is just a little bit high. This year, it's 21% of the fly balls that he's allowed have turned into home runs. Okay. Whereas for Odorizzi, like, it's probably like, like 5%. The reason that his ERA and Sierra were separate were so different last year compared to this year are just almost entirely different. Last year, he had bad Babbitt luck and was really not very good with runners on base. This year, he's been good with runners on base for the most part, and his Babbitt luck's been pretty much normal, but he's given up a ton of home runs. Mm. All right, well, I just mentioned Odorizzi. We're going to talk about him in a second. Do you have anything else you want to say about DeGrom or Bueller or Syndergaard or Price? 
I I'm encouraged by DeGrom and Syndergaard starts, obviously. I do think it's probably a good time to remind people that the Rockies on the road are one of the worst offenses in baseball and, like, even worse than the Marlins. So you should consider starting pitchers against the Rockies when they're not at home. <laughs> and I was very happy that Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Matt started over the weekend because now they won't be starting in the Subway Series beginning tonight. Jake Odorizzi headlines the Studs Being Studs Part 2. Your all-star game starter, I, I think he has to be at this point, Jake Odorizzi. Uh, we'll see what happens before from now and then. But he has a 192 ERA, a .97 whip, and more than a strikeout per inning. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They don't really let him go deep into games. Opponents are hitting 279, and he has a 506 ERA, third time through the order. 279 is very high, but it hasn't mattered. Uh, how much are you buying Odorizzi? Um, I've gone from not buying him at all to, okay, use him now, but he'll be useless later to, he's probably going to be useful for most of the season, but I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to this good. And most of the peripherals agree with that. There, there, he is certainly pitching better than he has over the last couple of years. I'll tell you who I'd rather have than Odorizzi. Lucas Giolito, seven and two thirds scoreless with 11 strikeouts, 22 swinging strikes at Kansas city. Wowzers. He seems to have just found like that one place that he needs to be to be an absolute ace. He struggled with consistency in his mechanics. He struggled with consistency in his release point in the past. And right now he's just absolutely locked in. If he continues that, then he's one of the best pitchers in baseball the rest of the year. I, I think there's still a chance that he has some struggles coming up, but you have to view him as a top 20 starting pitcher. Would you rather have Odorizzi or, or Giolito? Oh, Giolito easily. Yeah. I mean, Odorizzi is nine and two. Uh, Giolito, though, is nine and one. <laughs> so pitching on the White Sox hasn't really. I, one of the questions I got that I I struggled to answer, and I think you know what I'm going to say. Bauer is Giolito or Bauer? It is tough because I buy it with Giolito. What's changed for Giolito? All right, he first of all he moved over on the mound, uh, closer to first base. He has basically stopped throwing a two-seamer, and he replaced it with a four-seamer. His velocity is up. He changed his delivery, his mechanics, as Heath mentioned. Uh, Ned Yost, who just got dominated by Giolito, said he shortened up his arm stroke. His changeup is dynamic. So this is a guy who well, made adjustments, lived up to his pedigree, which is why I, I pretty much fully buy it. I guess I— They keep track of, like, release point and how far away—like, how consistent it is. And it was all over the place in the past. And this year, it's just like a dot. Oh. Like, he is just repeating things so well. Gosh, do we really want Giolito over Bauer? I, think, I still I think have I might... Bauer one spot higher. Okay, it's tough. Uh, Max Freed was, I, I'm going to call him a stud. Six innings, three runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. I'm starting to get a little worried about Max Freed. I think probably everyone is. And yeah. I, I, I'm. it was against the Marlins. If starter sit against the Phillies this week. I'd prefer to sit, but he is above the U Darvish line. Yeah, that's exactly. I have Darvish and Freed on two teams, and that's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, Soroka, though, was great again. I, I don't think I can stress how easy Mike Soroka's schedule has been, and he gets Pittsburgh this week, so that continues. Um, but uh, how about these guys? How would you rank Soroka, Brandon Woodruff, and Cole Hamels? Um. 
I've currently got it, and this was from last week. I haven't made too many changes since then. Woodruff as my 26th starting pitcher, Soroka at 29, and Hamels at 37. Boy, Woodruff's good. Woodruff oh, yeah, he's good. he's very good. Studs being studs part three. I got to give Heath credit on Robbie Ray since we had a heated argument about Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray has thrown two of his three quality starts of the season. He's been really good the last two times out. And he's at Washington this week. Are you going to start Robbie Ray? I would. He's he's above the Udarvis line. He's above the Max Freed line. Um, I'm not saying I, I consider him quite must start, but unless you have a very good pitching staff, yeah, you're starting him. We already talked about Julio Tehran. Sell high on him. Do you still think Zach Eflin is a sell high candidate? Yes, but only if you can sell very high. Like I would, I would accept things for Julio Tehran, just about all things, um, that I would not accept for Zach Eflin. Yeah, but 57 strikeouts in 72 innings, an 85.6% strand rate for Eflin. Like, I feel like he's a great sell high, but I've been saying that too long, and he keeps turning in good performances. Yeah, like I I would rather have him than... Then guys like Trevor Richards, I would think I'd still rather have him than Griffin Kenning, but there are a lot of starting pitchers that I would take over him as well. I, I would I would take Zach Plesak over him. We will save, I'd say, the fringy starting pitchers because we've talked about the ones I really wanted to talk about um, for tomorrow. So let's do two things to end the show. Let's do deep leagues, guys owned in less than 30% of leagues, and let's do studs being duds. Let's start with the deep league guys. And we're going to go to Merrill Kelly, who yeah, has been pretty good lately. He has Philadelphia this week. Ronaldo Lopez, who finally had a good start, said he made some adjustments. Uh, mental adjustments, I think, is what he talked about. Ryan Yarbrough, we already discussed. Framber Valdez would be the headliner here. I actually think he's above the 30% fresh- threshold now. Adrian Sampson is above the 30% threshold. Uh, Wade LeBlanc. Wade LeBlanc. I actually am somewhat interested in a strictly deep league perspective. Uh, because they've used LeBlanc with an opener two times in a row, and both have been very good. Not not a lot of strikeouts, but uh, we're talking... Actually, no, Sunday he had a lot of strikeouts. Six innings, two runs, eight strikeouts at the Angels. Previously, eight innings, one run, two strikeouts against the Astros. And actually, like, was pretty good last year. 364 ERA. Wade LeBlanc is at Oakland this week. I don't think we like Antonio Sensatella. Eric Fetty has been okay lately. Glenn Sparkman, Adam Plutko, Homer Bailey. Again, I want to help the deep league people out here. Heath, did I say any names that, other than Samson and Framber Valdez, any names that you like? You certainly said a lot of names, and I was shocked you said the name of Homer Bailey because you had uh, banned him from the show (laughs) at one point, but it's glad to see that he's back. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez is just hilarious. This was his fifth or sixth start this season of at least six innings with one run or fewer allowed, and he still has an ERA over six. <laughs> one one good start against the Royals is not going to make me change my opinion on him. Yarbrough would be the guy that I would be most interested in on this list, I think. LeBlanc in a deep league, sure. Um, and then maybe Merrill Kelly. Okay, by the way, I said LeBlanc had a 364 ERA last year. It wasn't quite that good. It was 372, but as a starter, it was 364. Uh, he did make some relief peer- appearances as well. So then let's go to the fringy, uh, the uh, the studs being duds. Well, it's nice to see Walker Bueller turning a season around. Why isn't it happening for Jack Flaherty? 
He still has a 408 ERA. He just hasn't been very good. But, you know, he did have a good two uh, four-start stretch with a 274 ERA, uh, more than a strikeout per inning. But the last two have been shaky. And then Shane Bieber, you obviously have no concerns about. But what about Flaherty? Are you concerned about Jack Flaherty? I don't have too much concern about Flaherty. I don't think the last two have been shaky, have they? Wasn't his last start uh, eight strikeouts in five oh. innings against this same team? Yeah, it's, you're right. I'm sorry. It just was a short outing. But yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was a short outing. But I, I kind of felt like before this start, he had turned things around. This is one of those situations where it's the second time that he saw the Cubs this week or in an eight-day stretch, third time he's seen them in like a month. And they are a very, very good offense. I'm just not that concerned about him. He had an ERA below four before this start. It was a bad start, but it's going to take more than that for me to be worried. He's still a top 30 guy for me. Uh, But is Flaherty behind Giolito and Bauer? Yes. Is he behind Brandon Woodruff? I think I still have him just above Brandon Woodruff. And again, that's from last week. That, That could change this week. That they are they are right in that same range. Yeah, I've got a I've got a three pitcher range there, four pitcher even. Herman Marquez, Jack Flaherty, Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff. Okay, I, I never sit those guys. I mean, I guess you could make a case to start Mar- sit Marquez at home, but pretty much never sit those guys. Studs being duds, part two. Actually, what were the names again? Marquez, Flaherty, Flaherty, Wheeler, Wheeler, Woodruff. I own z- zero. Zero of, of all four. <laughs> but I would never sit those guys. Uh, studs, That's fantastic. Yeah. Studs being duds part two. All of these guys are owned in more than 80% of leagues, and my question is, should they be? John Gray, Marcus Stroman. Why is it the one that every time I start Marcus Stroman, he sucks? And every time I sit him, he's good. I can't stand it anymore. It sounds like you have sat him a lot more than you started yeah, him. Yeah, I have. He's really only had like four bad starts. But he never wins and he doesn't strike anybody out. So, it, it, And his whip is bad. So it's like, what are you getting? You're getting ERA, maybe, uh, from Stroman. Kyle Gibson, Eduardo Rodriguez. Gray, Stroman, Gibson, and Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't know that my opinions really change too much. It's always disappointing when John Gray has a road start that doesn't go great. But even this wasn't like a terrible start. He didn't quite make it six innings, but he still struck out eight. It was disappointing, but I'll live with it. Um, Stroman has mostly been a good starting pitcher, has mostly given you good innings. And yeah, he's on a bad team that doesn't win enough games and he doesn't strike enough guys out, but he's still someone I'm just going to start most of the time and just not think about it. And that's worked out with him this year. If you've tried to pick and choose when to start him, you might have gotten burned. Yes. Um, I I don't know what to make of Eduardo Rodriguez. Every time I change my opinion on him, he goes the other direction. Yeah, his strikeout rate is very encouraging. Just can't keep runs off the board. He's given up a lot of homers. And that's, like, that's not, this is not, like, a new thing for Rodriguez. Right, right. Yeah, that's He's been a very encouraging, exciting actually bad pitcher for for some time so let's put let's put in water Rodriguez. let's put all these guys on the please zach meter uh which is would you <laughs> drop them for for please zach uh john gray stroman gibson and eduardo rodriguez please zach fits right in the middle of this group for me and i think you've ranked them in the same way that i do uh except maybe i have rodriguez ahead of gibson but i would drop rodriguez or gibson for please zach i would not drop stroman or gray I just want to see where Stroman ranks in um, in categories leagues. 
I would guess really bad. So then why are you saying you start him all the time? You shouldn't. Well, most of my leagues are points leagues, and I did not draft him in any categories leagues because he's not as good in that format. Oh, we have to make that distinction though, because I don't think he is a must start guy. I don't. I don't even think he's. I don't even think he's worth owning in in a lot of categories leagues. Like I'm, I'm, maybe there's a team that needs Stroman, but he's a one category guy. It's ERA. He uh, he is overall the like 110th pitcher, but that's not that's SP and RP. So I'm but guessing. everybody starts nine pitchers, right? Yeah. So he's right at the edge of a start pitcher. He should definitely be rostered. The guys who are in the same range as him are pretty funny names. Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, Aaron Nola, Liam Hendricks, Marcus Stroman, Jeff Samarja, Mike Fires, Nick Widgren, Tanner Roark, Mike Leak, Joe Musgrove. So a mix of of disappointing players and complete trash and some relievers. Uh, it's yeah, not a, not a great place to be. All right, Heath, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully the Warriors win tonight and we get more basketball. That'd be fun because we can talk about basketball yeah. too. Yeah, I don't care who wins the series. I just would like to see Game Seven first. We need a Game Six. I I had a theory that I expressed on Twitter and made a lot of people mad. And I'll just say it real quick that if the war if the Raptors ever got to three wins, Kevin Durant would heal and come <laughs> back and lead the Warriors to victory. And Perfect. Kevin Durant practiced yesterday mm-hmm. and is now considered questionable for tonight's game. So we'll see. What a perfect way for him to leave the Warriors and go to the Knicks heroically all right thanks to Heath thanks to Scott for just giving his wisdom even on vacation and thanks to you for listening I'm Adam we'll talk to you tomorrow on fantasy baseball today